Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. It's so good to have you joining us for the show today. If it's your first time here, welcome. I'm so glad to have you along. Please consider subscribing to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform. We're just about everywhere, so you'll be sure to find us. We'd love to have you stay with us and get to hear more of these wonderful interviews with these fantastic authors that we have coming up. If you are coming back, welcome back. I am so glad to have you. Also, thank you so much for your support for the podcast. It does mean the world to me. Also, be sure to check out Christian Historical Fiction Talk on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're in all of those places. It's a great way to interact with us, to find out who's coming up, when new episodes release, and have a little bit of fun. So check us out in all of those places. And finally, if you would mind taking a second and going and looking at my website, LizTolsma.com, looking at what my Patreon has to offer. If you support the podcast, then you'll get lots of great benefits in return. So check that out. Okay, that brings us now to time for the chat with Candace Sue Patterson. She is here with a brand new book, The Keys to Gramercy Park. And I'm kind of excited and kind of sad because this is the final book in Barbara Publishing's Doors to the Past series. I know so many of you have really loved these split time stories and it's coming to an end. But maybe if we tell Barbara how much we like them and buy them all up, they'll consider doing another series similar to this at some point. That would be fantastic. Anyway, please join me in welcoming Candace Sue Patterson here to talk about her book, The Keys to Gramercy Park. Welcome to the show, Candace. It's really great to have you back with us. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. When I saw that you are out with a new book called The Keys to Gramercy Park, which is part of Barber Publishing's Doors to the Past series, I knew I had to have you on and I knew I had to talk to you about it. Before we get into the book, though, and all that we have to chat about, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I live in Indiana with my husband and three boys. Two are in college and one is a middle schooler. We love to travel. We have a great Pyrenees that keeps us busy. (laughs) I'm an elementary librarian by day and am writing in pretty much any spare moment that I get a chance to. Wow. So you do have a very full and very busy life then it sounds like. I do. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your new book, The Keys to Gramercy Park. It is a dual time novel. So some of the chapters are present day and some are historical. All the books in the series are like that. The story opens in Manhattan during the Civil War with Edward Davidson. He's born with a club foot and cannot serve his country. This chapter invites the readers into the essence of Edward, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the historical chapters. I won't say a whole lot more about that because I don't want to give anything away. But the contemporary chapters are also set in Manhattan, and they open with the heroine, Andrea Andrews. 
She's a historical investigative journalist for Smithsonian Magazine, and she's attempting to gain a promotion as writer at large, but she's struggling to come across a story that she feels like will set her apart from her coworkers. She also waits tables at a trendy restaurant in Gramercy Park to help ends meet, and that is where she meets the hero, Bo Davidson Quincy, who's currently running for New York governor. They're instantly attracted to one another, but Andrea resists because of their differences. One night, a freak accident leads her to discover a set of post-Civil War counterfeit bills hidden in the wall of her historic district apartment. Believing this to be her breakout story, she's determined to find out the who and why behind the bills, and she reluctantly enlists Bo's help. And then the more clues they unravel, it leads them to believe that the counterfeit money is connected to Bo's ancestors in Gramercy Park, and the answers they find could tear them apart forever. Oh, that just sounds amazing. It sounds so good. I love the entire premise of this book. Each of the books in this series are set around or revolve around a real historic place. Mm -hmm. And that includes Gramercy Park. I'm going to admit that I don't know much, if anything, about Gramercy Park. I'm surprised I knew how to actually say it. Tell us about the real place, Gramercy Park. What is it? It is set in lower Manhattan. It is a very old community built in 1841. It was mostly just to make the people that lived there feel as if they were living in a very prestigious community. The garden that's in the middle of Gramercy Park has always been gated and locked, and only the people who own one of the mansions surrounding Gramercy Park have access to the keys. And they pay very handsomely for them every year, and that money helps to upkeep the park. But it's always been locked, and the gates have to have a key to get in and out. So if anybody should happen to sneak inside the gates, they're stuck in there. They can't get back out. (laughs) It was a really neat thing for me to come across. I had never heard of it before. My husband was reading The Last Days of Night probably two or three years ago, and he came across it mentioned in that book. And he said, what's Gramercy Park? And I said, I have no idea. So we looked it up. And as soon as we both read what it was, we both looked at each other and we're like, that's a story. And so I started Googling other stories that were set in Gramercy Park. There's not a whole lot out there, but what is out there is usually shrouded in mystery. It's got, the books have some kind of mystery element to it. And I thought, that's my next project. Wow, that's really interesting. So I've learned something and I hope listeners that you've learned something too. Maybe you all are better than me and knew more about Gramercy Park, but I don't know much about New York City. And that's a really interesting detail about the book. Where did the idea, the kernel of the story come from? You said your husband was reading about Gramercy Park. Is that what sparked it? Or was there something else that with all the counterfeit bills and everything else, How did that come about? That's really what sparked it for me. The fact that the garden is gated and only the people that live there have a key instantly put in my mind the thought, are they trying to keep others out or are there secrets inside that they don't want to come out? And I thought, well, that's kind of a neat idea to play around with. 
And so the more I got to plotting, the counterfeit money came into play. But yeah, I'd always wanted to write a villain. And there is a villain in the story, and he acts very villainous. And I don't know, everything just really clicked. You mentioned the villain, and that's Edward. He's the twin brother of the hero of the story. And he is a very villainous villain, if that's even a proper way to say it. But he does play a major role in the historical timeline of the book. How do you go about developing a villain like Edward? It was inspired by a movie that I had seen years ago called The Prestige. And it was a movie that was surrounded magicians. And there was a a twist in that that I didn't see coming that I always thought that would be so fun to write a book with a similar twist. It's definitely different than the movie, but that's kind of where I got the idea from. But I knew with the type of story that I was writing that he just, he needed to be a very dark character. He does have reasons for, in his past, for why he acts the way that he does and why he makes the choices that he does. But he also has a soft side as well that readers will see as they go throughout the book. He's not all completely bad, but he does definitely make some evil choices. But there is, you know, a reason for it. There is a point to it that uh, readers will see come together at the end. It's very dark. The story is dark. Edward's evil side is very dark in the historical timeline. How did you go about combating the darkness so that it doesn't overwhelm the entire story and turn readers off? I knew that if the historical timeline was going to be darker that I needed to make it lighter with the contemporary. So I tried to throw a lot of humor in there. A secondary character as I was writing just kind of popped up that added a lot of lightness to that time period. One of the heroine's good friends. And I just wanted to give readers a break between the light and dark. That way they didn't have so much heaviness in a long time frame. Yeah, and that really helps to do that. And I think the contemporary timeline is almost rom-com in its feeling, and that really helped to lighten the book up. We mentioned that this is part of Barbara Publishing's Doors to the Past series, and it's book 12 in the series. Now, a while back, I interviewed Becky Germany about these series that they are doing, and she said there were going to be 12 books in each of this series. Is So does that mean that you have just written the last one in the Doors to the Past series? Yes. Oh, I think readers are going to be disappointed. Have you heard that, that they're sad this is the last one? I've definitely had readers say that they've enjoyed the whole series, And the ones that they have read that they've enjoyed have encouraged them to go back and read the ones that they haven't gotten to yet. So I'm still going through them myself. I've read a few and I've enjoyed thoroughly all of them. Yes, I I haven't read all of them either. A disclaimer, I did write one of the early ones in this series, but I have really loved all that I have read, each one of them, even though this is a quote unquote series, have been so very different. And each author has put their own spin on what the idea is that Barber came up with. And so I think it's just been a wonderful series. And I personally am sad that it's going to be over and done with. Mm -hmm. And I think there are going to be a lot of readers that are sad about that as well. 
That's what I like about the multi-author series is, like you said, everybody puts their own spin on it. So they're all, they all revolve around a certain theme or even some books, a certain setting, but I love how they're all different at the same time. Right. And I usually ask this at the end, but I'm going to throw this question in here now because I think it fits what we're talking about. So this is the end of the Doors to the Past series, but it's not the last of these kind of series that Barbara is going to do. And you get to be part of their next series. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's called a Day to Remember series. And the way I take it right now, it's just going to be six books. They may add more later on. But each book revolves around a certain either natural or man-made disaster in history. And my story is set around the Johnstown flood of 1889. It really reminds me, being an elementary librarian, it reminds me of the children's series, I Survived. I'm not sure if listeners are familiar with that, but this is going to be like an I Survived series for adults. And I'm, I was really excited uh, when they proposed this and sent out a call for authors to send in their ideas. And I'd been wanting to write about the Johnstown flood for quite a while. And so it just fit perfectly with, with the next project. I am really looking forward to this entire series and seeing what they do with it. But your book about the Johnstown flood sounds really intriguing to me. I have family that lived in Johnstown after the flood. They came after the flood in the late 1890s and they lived there into the early 1900s. And then my branch of the family moved to New Jersey and that's where my family families from, but a branch of the family stayed in that area and are still in that area. So I'm going to be very interested to read that book. I'm looking forward to that. And when does that release? Uh, It'll release January of 2024. And we're actually traveling there this weekend. Just a few days ago, we saw online where they're opening uh, tours for the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club Clubhouse and the 16 Cottages that were all there in 1889. So we last minute decided that we're going to drive to Johnstown this weekend and see everything for ourselves in person. Oh, that will be fun. I will be looking forward to seeing those pictures. I hope you post them on social media so that we can check that out. So getting back to the Doors to the Past series and the dual time, what did you like most about writing The Keys to Gramercy Park? It was definitely challenging. I had never written a dual time before. So I had originally planned, because I plotted everything out very detailed ahead of time, I had originally planned to just write chapter by chapter. And then a couple chapters into it realized, since I had done novellas before, that I would write one time period first, then write the other time period second, and then put them together afterwards. And then, of course, I went through it again extensively a couple times after that to make sure everything as a whole came together the right way. But so I loved it in that sense, because I love a challenge. I love taking on something I haven't done before. But I really loved the juxtaposition between the two timelines. You know, in one, in the historical timeline, they're sending or receiving telegraphs. And in the contemporary timeline, they're sending text messages. So I loved seeing how, you know, the two time periods are completely different, but at the same time, we're not all that different. We're just doing things in different ways. 
For sure. And I love that about dual time books as well. You kind of get to see, like you said, the juxtaposition, the differences, but the similarities as well. And I love how Mm -hmm. it all comes together in the end. And I love how you go about writing it. Uh, I'm working on my third dual time now, and I've had two that I've written that way where they're like two novellas and then one that Mm -hmm. I wrote chapter to chapter. So it just depends on the book, but yeah, it Mm -hmm. is a challenge. It's a good challenge and a fun one for sure. I was reading your bio. You do a lot of interesting things. And one of the things that you said that you do is split wood. Do you honestly really split wood? (laughs) That's actually an old bio of mine. But yes, at the time I did, we had a wood burning furnace at the time and our wood splitter went down and I found that I actually enjoyed splitting wood by hand. Wow. That's a lot of hard work, isn't it? It was. (laughs) It was. It was good for me though. Yeah. I guess that is good exercise. My husband does that. Well, he just got a log splitter now, finally, but he used to do that and he'd be out there, it'd be, you know, 10 degrees and he'd be peeling off layers because he's sweating so hard. It's a workout. It is a workout. So we're excited now for the Keys to Gramercy Park. And we're also excited for the next book that's coming out. That's part of Barbara's next series that we just talked about. So If listeners would like to connect to you and keep up with you so they know what's coming out and can get in on these books, how can they go about connecting with you? The best place would be my website at CandaceSuePatterson.com. That has all my social media links on there. And I always put my latest news on there. You can also follow me on Facebook, CandaceSuePatterson-Author. And I'm on Instagram as well under Candace Sue Patterson. Okay. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'm so glad that we got this chance to chat and I thank you for taking time out of your very busy day to come and talk to us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. What a lovely guest Candace was. It was so much fun to catch up with her and to talk to her about the keys to Gramercy Park. If you'd like to find out more about her or if you'd like to get a handy link to purchase the book or if you'd just like to find out more about the book, then head over to LizTolsma.com. The show notes are there. And if this is not right on the homepage, click on the podcast tab. You'll find it there. That's also a great way to catch up on any of the episodes that you may have missed along the way. Coming up next week on the podcast is author Debbie Lee. She is a new-to-me author. I have not read anything by her to this point, but I am so excited to have her on here talking about her new book, and I'm really looking forward to getting to introduce her to you as well. So I really hope that you join me next week, and perhaps discover a new author yourself. I thank you so much for taking time out to listen to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I thank you for spreading the word about it to your friends and to your family and to anybody who likes Christian historical fiction. I hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you back here next time.